Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. In today's readings, we see this theme of hospitality coming up. So in our first reading today, we heard about Abraham in the desert, and he's outside of his tent, and he recognizes this traveler coming towards him as God. And he invites this traveler into his tent, he bathes his feet, he prepares him a meal, he gives him shelter. He's hospitable. He reaches out, he provides for somebody that was in need. Our gospel also, one of the themes is hospitality. Our Lord comes to a village and of course our Lord doesn't have his own home. He needs somebody to look after him. He needs somebody to be hospitable and so, Martha welcomes him into her home. Mother Seton is also somebody who practiced this hospitality, perhaps in a more magnanimous way even, we can say, because when her father-in-law and her mother-in-law passed away, all of her brothers and sisters-in-laws were very young. That's to say, her husband's siblings were very young. They were all minors. But Mother Seton and her husband William opened their house to all these young relatives of theirs. So they didn't simply provide for them for a day, but they actually became foster parents, if you will, of all these siblings of her husband. Now all of us are supposed to practice this virtue of hospitality. It's a kind of charity. It's a manifestation of love for neighbor to provide a home for those who do not have a place to stay, whether it be short-term or long-term. But if we're realistic, we don't often, at least on a daily basis, we don't have many opportunities to welcome strangers into our homes. Thanks be to God, in this country at least, there are a number of institutions also that provide shelter, and that's always something to support and to build up. But with next week being what the U.S. bishops have designated as Natural Family Planning Awareness Week, I want to talk about that form of hospitality, welcoming new life into your family, welcoming children into your family. And this might not be something in which you yourself will be able to put into practice, but it's something worth being aware of, the existence of natural family planning, the ways in which we do it, the possibility of doing it, for the sake of helping those people who could, in fact, utilize this particular method of natural family planning. Now, not only do couples have an opportunity to be hospitable to life, to be open to life, but there's actually this obligation. They must be open to life. That is to say, under no circumstances can contraception enter into the marital relations between husband and wife. Now, this is a very difficult change but this is something which is required of couples, not because it's a rule, but because it's for the sake of the couple. It's for the good of the matrimony that this is a commandment that we are called to adhere to. And there are many reasons why the church forbids contraception. Whenever a couple uses them, they're telling God that they are not welcome, they're not willing to welcome a new child which he might want to give them. It's like, just imagine your house to be your family, right? We're not welcoming any new life into our family. It's like putting a Rottweiler in front of your door and saying, we're not welcoming any guests. You know, you can approach at your own risk. 
we have to have that openness to what God might design. It also, contraception also prevents the total giving of oneself, which ought to be a part of the marital act. It's as if they were to say, I give myself to you entirely, except Mother Teresa of Calcutta put it very bluntly. She said, contraception turns the attention to self and so destroys the gift of love in the husband or wife. A third reason why contraception is forbidden is because of, that, is because of the fact that many have abortifacients in them. That is to say, they could also produce, they could also result in an abortion. There's many times a two-tiered level of defense, like we have to defend ourselves against new life. So the first level is to prevent there from being conception. But the second level would be if there is conception, the chemicals will make sure that that life cannot develop within the mother. There will be an abortion, a spontaneous abortion. And finally, the most complicated reason is that contraception violates the very nature of the sexual act, which should be both unitive and procreative. Now, there are many other things that could be said about contraception, but this is Natural Family Planning Awareness Week, not Contraception Awareness Week. So we're going to talk a little bit more about natural family planning. And now, if a couple is not allowed to use contraception, does that mean that they have to have like 15 children? Like leave it completely up to whatever God might send to them? Like the answer is no. Most of us probably are aware of this. But the church teaches that a couple may generously decide to have a large family or for serious reasons, might decide not to have more children for the time being or even for the indefinite future. So natural family planning is a possibility for a couple that has serious reasons to use it. Like we, we just cannot receive more children at this time. And then you can begin to utilize this particular method. And they do this by engaging in relations during the wife's infertile periods. And that's the basic principle. We're not gonna go into more details. There is a very good section of the Archdiocese of Baltimore's website which talks about the details, which gives you resources to read up on, gives you contacts to reach out to if you would like to find out more. So natural family planning is a method of avoiding pregnancy, which if done correctly is 99% effective according to the British Medical Journal. Now you can ask the question, and I'm sure many people do, what is the difference? If both of them are going to prevent you or are going to somehow make very unlikely that you will become pregnant, why are we allowed to do natural family planning but we're not allowed to do contraception? Like, what is the big difference? And the answer is the means. That's to say, yes, they both have the same goal. They're both trying to, they're both trying to abstain from pregnancy for now, but the way you go about doing that is very important. And we all know this. For example, money. You might have a goal of getting money. That's fine, that's good, we need money to get by. Now you could either get your money by working at your job eight to five and making an honest living, or you could rob a bank. Both of them get you money, but we know that one's okay and the other one's not okay. Or again, if you want to get an A on a test, you could either dedicate yourself to study, work hard, make sure that you know the material, or you could cheat. Both of them get you a very good grade, but we know that one's okay and the other's not. 
Or again, if a person is trying to watch their weight for health reasons or for other purposes, you could either diet, you know, practice self-control and temperance and mortify yourself, abstaining from certain foods, or you could purge. You could fall into that particular method of, of weight loss, which is damaging to your own body. So the goal is the same, but the means are very important. And when it comes to natural family planning, it's a legitimate means. It is, some, it is, in, it is in accord with God's plan, whereas contraception is a violation of it. So faithful couples can use natural family planning to space pregnancies. But natural family planning isn't just good because it's not sinful. Like, well, this one will send, this one is a serious sin. If you do this one, you're in big trouble. Contraception is a big deal. And this one you're allowed to do. But it's not just that. There's also the fact that if you use natural family planning, there's a number of benefits to be experienced within the context of marriage. The first benefit is that couples that faithfully use it and don't use contraception, they have a divorce rate of one to 3%. Consider that half the marriages in our country end in divorce. We're talking about one to 3% of those couples who use natural family planning. And then in one study, there were zero, divor zero divorces out of 1,400 couples that used NFP. Now, that's one benefit, but also keep in mind that because the man and the woman, the husband and the wife, they're attentive to the woman's fertility cycle, they're also more readily able to pick up on any kind of um, hormone-related sickness. And so it's a way of watching your own health. And the same attention to fertility cycles allows a couple to more effectively achieve pregnancy. So if you would like to have a child, this is going to be a way in which you know that you will in fact, or you will more probably conceive a child. And further, couples utilizing natural family planning are in a much better position to teach their teens about self-control. Because you can't tell your children, okay, you have to follow everything the church says about marital relations, about you know, ethics, but we're gonna do what we want. That's called hypocrisy. And so we want to have that integrity. If you're going to be telling your children to adhere to what the church and what God teaches about those relations, you as a couple ought to be doing the same thing. The do as I say, not as I do is not a, convince, is not a convincing formula. And finally, couples speak about in increased intimacy and greater spiritual well-being. So all of this led Mother Teresa of Calcutta to say, the way, this is Mother Teresa of Calcutta, the way to plan the family is natural family planning, not contraception. Contraception not only destroys the power of giving life, but affects the couple in a negative way. Now we have to admit that natural family planning is not always an easy route. There will be challenges involved, it will be an investment of time, sacrifices of desires will have to be made, abstinence is a part of it, and there will possibly be falls along the way. And when that happens, like St. Paul VI said, the couple needs to pick themselves up through the sacrament of penance. We should never become discouraged because we failed at some endeavor that we set out to accomplish. 
we pick ourselves up and we continue going forward in the ways of the Lord, never allowing ourselves to be discouraged. And with God's grace, marital chastity can be achieved through natural family planning, which will result in a happier, holier marriage and family. So we ask through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary that those couples that are using contraception might have the grace to abstain from that practice. They might cease to, to engage in that sinful practice. And in this way, they will become obedient to God's will as Mary was at the Annunciation. Mary didn't know exactly what was going to happen at the Annunciation, but she knew that it was God's will and so she consented. Over time, Mary came to understand more thoroughly and the same will happen to couples that follow it now. Like I have one older individual, he's now in his 70s, who said, I didn't get contraception. I didn't think it was a big deal, but the church said don't do it, and so, okay, I didn't do it. And you might be in that position right now, but you will come to understand more thoroughly as time goes on to the extent that you adhere to the will of God. And let's also pray for those couples that are using natural family planning, that they might persevere in this at all times, so that they might continue to reap its copious fruits. O Mary conceived without sin, pray to us.